0: Good afternoon, Council Files. This is Melissa Vaughn, your masochistic municipal maven. Welcome to my downstairs bathroom and a very quick and dirty City Council Roundup chronicling the January 6th special and January 13th regular meetings of Richmond City Council. Let's jump right into the fray, shall we? The special meeting on January 6th was a vote on the paper patroned by 9th District's Dr. Mike Jones ask the General Assembly if we could pretty please decide what to do with the monuments that sit on our public city property. F you, Dylan, and your poopy old rule. We can't even have a real discussion about anything related to these statues unless the GA gives permission. Well, despite four members of the South rising again to attend the meeting with two speaking against and a stars and bars clad child in tow, the third time was the charm. This paper passed despite no votes from the eighths. hashtag Riva, not a shocker, and the fourth's Kristen Larson, a major bummer. I was surprised by Council Veep Chris Nochill Hilbert's impassioned speech in favor of this paper. That doesn't negate all the other weirdness he perpetrates on the reg, but it's a step in the right direction. Now, if we could just get him to stop trying to block homeless shelters in the third, this past Monday's meeting was something. Let's briefly discuss public comment. I'm ready to land. Public comment. J.J. Minor is up to criticize Council for their economic development and poverty mitigation failures. Sandra Antoine praised Mayor Stoney as a visionary, but says we need to do better by our kids. Charles Willis, the executive director of United Communities Against Crime, a group who supports the families of homicide victims, told Council that he is disappointed that they don't support his endeavors through the budget. Dr. Jones encouraged his colleagues to find money in the budget to contribute. Kanika McBride came to Council to tell the harrowing tale of how the Richmond Police Department harassed and traumatized her family. It's a doozy y'all. So one night her teenage daughter, nephew, and their friend were chilling in a car outside of Miss McBride's house. An adult white male approached their vehicle and initiated conversation. He then turned around and hailed a police car over and said these are the ones. I guess dude guy decided one carload of black children was the same as any other because he later admitted he accused the wrong kids. But anyway, RPD bum rushed the car yelling and with guns drawn and handcuffed and harassed the children in their own yard detaining them and ignoring the pleas of the mother for over two Hours. Miss McBride is still clearly traumatized from this experience. Imagine what those kids are dealing with. Shame. 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 In the same vein, Kim Rolla, an attorney with the Legal Aid Justice Center and the Richmond Transparency and Accountability Project spoke on RPD's lack of transparency and accountability. The popo promised way, way back in June that they would have public input forums on the RPD's records management system, which logs its interactions with the public. They have not upheld their end of the bargain. Another shocker. Even after Chief Smith promised these forums, they did not materialize. Only a poorly promoted demonstration of its system occurred right before Christmas. RTAP is rightfully pissed and demanding public forums. Chief Smith responded by saying that Rolla is correct and that they are failing in this arena, and he promises to do better. Okay, you'd better, but the odds on that are about the same as me getting a fuzzy unicorn pony. Let's breeze onto consent, shall we? Yes! 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 Everything was pretty much okay until after the vote when one of hashtag Reva's constituents texted her to say that the civic association near a particular property didn't get a chance to review the SUP, so the consent vote had to be undone and then redone with that paper being continued. <laughs> and and then it's on to the one regular agenda item. The second's Kim Gray put forth a paper to limit units in multi-unit dwellings in non-conforming buildings from each unit being less than 750 square feet. This effectively kills a planned building which would contain little tiny 500 square foot flats in the old Lee Medical Building on Monument Avenue. Gray claims this will help curb gentrification citywide and is not at all to appease rich Monument Avenue residents who turn their noses up at students who bring trash and riffraff into the neighborhood. All I know is that when I was 20, and broke my tiny 500 square foot flat saved me. (sighs) Let's hope this paper, which passed unanimously, won't have unintended negative consequences down the road. Okay, folks, that'll do it for this meeting. Join me for the January 27th meeting where we will debate whether the homeless residents in the city deserve a shelter on Chamberlain Avenue. Vice President Chiller Chilmore thinks not. That's okay, dude. I hear there are four people looking to take your seat in November. Maybe one of them will give a damn about our neighbors who need our help the most. I'll rate this meeting two sleepy BB smoke detectors out of five. Signing off from the downstairs bathroom. Happy MLK Day to all y'all. Consider celebrating by volunteering.